This is Ibrox. <laughs> Hello and welcome to This Is Ibrox, a brand new show, which is the preview show with brand new voices, except myself, of course. Um, I'm your host, Graham Falk. Anyone who listens to This Is Ibrox's women's show will recognise my voice and hopefully enjoy it for the rest of the next 45 minutes to an hour. If not, I've got two people alongside me who will hopefully save the day. First and foremost, I've got Shug, brand new to the podcast. Shug, how are you doing, mate? You all right? I'm good, mate. I'm a... Uh... Recovering from Tuesday night's wrestle and Devo has put a better smile on my face, so looking forward to this. Yeah, good. Uh, Patrick, second new voice, not completely a stranger to podcast, but how you doing, mate? You all right? Yeah, good. Uh, it seemed that people like the written stuff I've done for this as I broke, so hopefully they enjoy the same stuff coming out of my mouth. If not, just blame me. It's fine. You can just blame me. It'll not be a problem. That's what I normally do. Um, before we get into the, the nitty gritty of stuff, obviously, when we've got new people on the podcast, I think hopefully people will know a little bit about me, so I won't go into any depth about what I do. Um, but Patrick, I'll come to you first. What's sort of your background with supporting Rangers? First game, obviously, how did you get into it? Um, so I got into Rangers from my dad, who is from Glasgow. I've never, this is actually, so I'm at university in Edinburgh, and this is the first time I've lived in Scotland. So I've been part of the Rangers TV loyal for the past 18 years, watching with commentator Tom is pretty much the soundtrack to my Rangers experience. But my first game was 2008, um, a friend, the Liverpool Rangers friendly, which is quite conveniently Jared's first time I brought as well. And funnily enough, my first European game was the ill-fated moment 10 years ago, or 10 years and two days, Malmo at home. Um, but now since I'm back in Scotland, I'm trying to, I'm on obviously the season ticket waiting list, but I've probably been to 40 or 50 games in the stadium whenever I'd go to mostly friendlies. But um, I, whether I've been in Russia, Azerbaijan, I've lived there, I've always stayed up and watched the Rangers TV games. And now hopefully Ibrox will provide a better atmosphere. Been watching at eleven in PM or midnight with my dad, and my brother. Of course, as well, we've got the uh, full capacity was confirmed today as well. So fingers crossed. I, hope, I really hope you didn't move at the time of the pandemic because that would have been just total bad faith. But um, we'll forget about the pandemic. It hasn't happened, right? It hasn't happened. We're over it. Full capacities are back. Um, Shug, same question to you. A little, a little getting to know you. Where you're from? Who, who's your father? Who's your mother? <laughs> my father's here as well. Alan. My mother's on the side. Yeah, the Rangers sort of comes from my mum's side of the family. Uh, first game was way back in the nineties, sometime when Rangers visited Stranraer and Harmon Stranraer five 0 So I think I was in the majority of locals that were at the game supporting Rangers rather than Stranraer. So I really first game. Uh, I'm a wheelchair curler, Paralympian, and representing Scotland and stuff. And got a season ticket down the front of the West Enclosure, which hoping among things to get back as soon as I think Dunfermline's probably going to be my first game. Feels nice to be able to talk about going back to a stadium, even if originally it was limited capacity. Obviously, I was there against Brighton, and it felt a bit surreal for a few minutes. Full capacity. Last time was Leverkusen, which I'm sure is the same for for many people. But we will will get into Europe. You're sort of touching it before, Shug. Um, I'll stay with you regarding the the Malmo game. There's a part of me that really doesn't want to touch on it too far, but at the same time, far from out of it. But um, quick review of the game there, Shug. What what was your your thoughts on the, the game as a whole? Yeah, I, th- I think we were 
almost undercooked going into it. Uh, I mean, like, Borna didn't have his best game, and I mean, he's played so little football because he missed the end of the season, was played a wee bit in the Euros, one game for Croatia, for 20 minutes or something. Yeah, it was a small, weird one, that. And then he came back, and I was surprised he didn't get a run against Livingston at the weekend, maybe an hour or something like that, and then to get him more up to speed and things. And then a midfield three was sort of almost patched together with injuries and things like that. So he was... Disappointing, but I think Davos' goal probably I think makes us favourites for the second leg. The defence will hopefully sort itself out. But I do like the fact that we've got a second opportunity. It's a chance for Gerard to put the boot into the players and kick some ass. And when, unlike last season, we're having against St Marin, we're not out of it. So we've got another 90 minutes, which hopefully will bounce back at the weekend against Dundee United. And, Set ourselves up for Tuesday or Wednesday. Tuesday night, isn't it? Tuesday, I think Tuesday, yeah. Good. Tuesday. I should probably remember that. I should probably know that as the yeah. host. I think um, Gerard's obviously already issued the rallying call directly after the game, now that we know it's going to be full capacity. And it will be. There's no one that's going to miss that, let's be honest. If, if there's a ticket going space, someone's going to nab it. Um, I'm loath to be overly confident because I'm a little bit more pessimistic when it comes to football, positive elsewhere. But I think you've got to be positive, hasn't it? Because that that goal, as much as the performance wasn't great, when that goal went in, it's the kind of moment where you go, oh, hang on a minute. You go in 2-0, you're asking not for a, a mammoth thing to happen. We've seen Rangers do crazy things in Europe in the past, but it's a big task coming down from, from 2-0. 2-1 is a little bit simpler with a full eyebrox, isn't it? Especially now we know it's it's going to be like that. We still go in as the favourites, I think, Shug, don't we? Yeah, I think so. I think watching the game, that was probably Marmo's level. Whereas I think we've got a few levels to go up and I don't want to tempt fate, but they don't look much better than your typical SPFL team that come and sit in and hit in the break. Because I think they took the, the two out of the three chances they took. So I think we're, we're used, they're probably going to come and sit in at Ibrooks and try and hit us in the counter, but we play against that nearly every single week, so hopefully our experience in that situation will see us through. And well, my head, my head saying that it could be tight, but my heart saying we'll get there. I think the full eyebrow just makes such a difference because I think like a lot of clubs have gone through this and had fans back in the stadium. And you've had the first game in the second. It's like an iconic moment now, isn't it? Because like most of us can't really remember what it's like to be in a full stadium. It's very few and far between. If if you've been back to a game, it's been with 12,000, 15,000, 20,000, if, if you're lucky. No one's seen like, you know, near enough 50,000 fans in a stadium, especially not in Scotland. Um, but before we get too overconfident, Patrick, we'll, we'll try and bring a bit of realism in here and the fact that we did get beat on Tuesday night. Um, what were your thoughts on the game, Patrick? What was your assessment? Before I get into the game, I do hope some tickets do slip down. I'm in the third priority with the Majors tickets, so hopefully I can nab one. And if not, you'll probably see me tweeting on Twitter to see if anyone's got a spare going. But in terms of the game, I think... Obviously, the result on, on the tin doesn't look all too promising, but I think it was a game, a very undercooked game from both sides. I think they almost played as a, our own game. They pressed quite well. Their midfielders supported their attack. Their fullbacks were advanced and they did well defensively. But I think that's not the best Malmo, but much like it, 
that's probably Malmo at 70% capacity, but I think that was, if we compare it to last season, that would have been one of the poorest performances of last season. I think personnel-wise, we could see some changes. Maybe if Haji is able to play or a Rebo, maybe if Morelos will be able to transform from running around a car park to running around a full, full Ibrox for at least half an hour, I think that'll make a massive difference because we did choose the aerial uh, bombardment sort of tactic and we failed really for anyone to get on the edge of it. But I think the story was, it was a bad game, but Malmo took their two chances. And I'm not saying we gifted them those chances, but there were a sort of combination of errors which led, which sort of we allowed them to score, whether it be a slack pass from Tav on the second goal or Golton running over the ball, albeit a deflection. But I think the nature that there's no away goals sort of helps us in a way. Obviously, if there was away goals, that Stephen Davis goal would have been even more valuable. But Malmo can't hope for one goal and see that as a game because Rangers are going to score more than one or two at home, you'd expect, especially with this being the sort of builders of the return of fans. If you were in the position in which if we win 1-0, we send it to penalties. But Rangers at home in Europe will usually score more than one. Um, and there'll be plenty of attacking talent sort of raring to sort of stake their name in the starting three. And I think we'll see if at least Kent can do a re- sort of reverse his fortunes from the first leg. We'll see him do well because he sort of almost worked too hard. You'd almost see the legs were running before the body, uh, before the mind would think. But I think cautious optimism is probably the order of the day. Um, they weren't great and neither were we, but I think we have levels to go and confidence which comes off a successful campaign of last season, which we should have every right to expect that coming to the next few weeks will either be in Bulgaria or Greece in the next playoff round. I think the good thing as well is it wasn't often, but we've seen Gerard's current Rangers set up lose once or twice last season and the response was always, always good. I think the one that stuck out for me, which I think... There's quite a few people I pinpointed back to was the Motherwell game, which I think came directly after the the St. Mirren defeat. And a lot of a lot of people kind of went, oh, here we go, here's Rangers as December, January kind of fall from grace. And we went 1-0 down early doors and played with that, as it's now called, low block for all the people like myself. You just call that sitting back. Um, and I think people went, oh, no, not the Motherwell's going to do us 1-0. We're going to have every chance under the sun. And Lo and behold, we won three one, and the rest is the rest is history, isn't it? And obviously, after that, I think the top of my head, when we really got beat off um, Prague, and of course, we got beat off St Johnson, unfortunately. But the, the point is, we've always responded to a defeat with this squad, with this side, and with this mentality since you know last August. So you've got to be confident with that as well. It's not very Rangers to lose two massive games on the bounce. Um, I'm touching what does I say that, but then. Moving on to the game on, on Sunday, Dundee United, of course. Um, it's hard to judge any team after one game, um, let alone you know a team that you don't watch on a regular basis. But what I look at first is is the lineup potentially because that defeat on Tuesday, what it maybe potentially does, Patrick, is it makes if say we'd won two 0 three 0 you go oh, we can play certain players and we can rest a few more on Tuesday. Now it's a case of do you rest a few on on the weekend and, and then play them on Tuesday because Tuesday is more important with it being Europe. You could essentially win both with a slightly weaker squad on on the weekend, but then at the same time, you, you want your stronger squad every single game. But but I think you touching it, Chug, as well. Barisic wasn't exactly the born of Barisic we got used to, and it would be difficult to say Calvin Bassi hasn't had a great game. Um, but Patrick, I'll come to you first. Going into the game on, on the weekend against Dundee United, 
What sort of changes would you make, if any, with the, the Marmo game in mind on, on the Tuesday? Sure. I think you pointed out the Bassi Barisic dynamic. I think we'll see plenty of foreshadowing because I think just the nature of the fitness of the two. I mean, so whoever plays on Saturday, you'd expect to follow in and play on the Tuesday, whether it be getting minutes in the legs, which is very important for Borna, but also just getting the steady momentum building off the back of a good performance. Because even though it is at Tannadice, um, Dundee United were less than impressive in the 2-0 loss to Aberdeen. Um, beyond the left back, I expect to see probably Balogun as centre back. I think we've there's a weird dynamic in which Balogun played a lot in Europe last season, but we saw Holanda last night. That might be because he was obviously at Malmo for an extended period at the beginning of the 2010s. But I th- think we could expect Dundee United to sit back. They play with a five. It's a five-three-one-one. So they'll sit back and they'll almost play for the draw. I think especially the nature that Tam Courts is just in. Uh, a lot of people were unhappy with the appointment because it was a young guy getting promoted within and they perhaps wanted a more streetwise um, manager's cut his teeth in Scotland. But he will look to try and get a sort of a avoided drubbing because if he gets put under the hammer, like we did last season once at home, I think we won 5-1 or something along those lines, the pressure could be on him early. But I think left back, perhaps the third centre mid, I'm... Undecided as to Davis if he will play because he's obviously played the last 290 and he's been great, but he is at the age in which you're probably going to have to wrap him in bubble wrap to keep him fit for the rest of the season. But I think I hope to see one of a rebor Haji in the central midfielder spots because I think Scott Wright has probably earned himself uh, another go at right wing. And then striker, much like left back, will be interesting to see whether he goes for Sakala or Itin, who's going to build momentum, hopefully get a goal or two against Dundee, who have looked a bit frail at the back, especially with the three centre-backs all over 30, Ryan Edwards, Mulgrew and Reynolds, you might be able to get Sakala in there running past them or you might choose Itten. But whoever plays that, I'd expect there not to be much shift in sort of personnel between the game on Saturday and Tuesday. Same question to you, Shug. There's a the beauty of Rangers at the minute, and I think I spoke about this before the Malmo game, I spoke about this before the Livingston game. We do have good players in every position. I think we've spoke about Bassi there, we've spoke about Barisic. I know Barisic didn't have the greatest game against Malmo, but he's 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 the best left back in the country, far and wide, and one one of the better ones. I think heavily underrated on the the scene in Europe. Still bizarre to me that they played a centre back at left back for Croatia's Euro tournament, but that's another story in another podcast for another day. I think um, you've got Patterson and, and Tav on the other side. There's, there is an abundance of choice here uh, for once, and I think. You know, Gerard's only added to that and added some really good squad players that could potentially break into the first team with a good run of form in the summer. Um, so you have got choices, definitely more so than maybe you had like two years ago where you can change things. Um, where, do, where do you change the squad on Sunday? If you At the weekend, sorry, if you do at all, or do you just stick with maybe the team that played against Livingston and then go revert back to a, a stronger side potentially against uh, Malmo? Or, or what would you go with? And, uh along the same lines as Patrick, I'd like to think that the majority of the 7, 8, 9, 10 players that start on Saturday will hopefully start again on Tuesday just to get that familiarity, get the minutes in the legs. It's the start of the season, so I'd expect everybody still to be pretty fit. I don't think any of them will be blown up already. So, yeah, and then see how that goes and try and get that, get the minutes in the legs and then get them combinations working and stuff again. Yeah. I think the Cedric and Sakala things are what way it goes. Yeah. 
Cedric, Cedric had a good pre-season, but he's never really shown as a first-choice striker, which I'm desperate for him because I just love the whole set the ten thing. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm desperate for he's banging them in. Yeah, but I'm, I'm kind of hopeful that Morelos is around the squad, hopefully on the bench, and hopefully we can get him on for 20 minutes or something and see what kind of shape he's come back in. And he's European nights are his thing. And I'd just love to have him there and available, even if it's just to come off the bench on the Tuesday night. So getting him and we run out on Saturday just to see where he is would be an ideal chance, hopefully prick my optimism a wee bit more. Yeah, but yeah, I think I'd st- probably stick with Barisic at left back and Tarvet right back and Goldson. I don't know if you go, if they're going to be playing high, then maybe Balogun would be better at the back to sort of counteract the them breaking. So, and then Davis is a concern. Do you play him again? Because he's definitely playing on Tuesday night. But I'd like to see Davis and maybe Lundstrom if Hadji and Aribo depends what because I know Aribo get injured on Monday and Hadji wasn't fit enough to even come off the bench on the Tuesday night. So depending on their injuries, whether they're able to come back. So I'd like to see like Davis and Lundstrom and maybe we'll have Kamara. So I know he has to set out again on the Tuesday, but Kamara could be one of the players that you can change and stuff and then Ken will always be on the left and Scott Wright has the only opportunity to start on the right again. So hopefully keep the changes to a minimum and keep the same team, get some confidence on Saturday and go into the Tuesday knowing that we can score. Talking about, you mentioned Lundstrom there. I hate judging players after a couple of games and I'm not going to do it. But some people do do that, and that naturally happens because that's football, and football's got opinions. And imagine how boring it would be if people didn't have opinions on football. But Lundstrom's been getting a couple of pelters. He hasn't looked great in the like, games he's played, which has been minimal. Um, do you think him starting at the weekend is quite important based on the fact that he could probably do with just having a, a good game, getting a good win, Shug? Um, and people going, oh, actually, hang on, yeah, he's, he's not bad. Because I think from what we've seen at Sheffield United, especially... Maybe not last season, but the season before. There's definitely a player in there at a, a really good age. Would you start him on the weekend? Yeah, I think I would. Uh, I'd like to. I kind of see him as a maybe a younger version of Arfield. He's got that sort of dynamism, breaking forward and stuff. He got a couple of his touches against Real Madrid and things like that were sublime. So I'd like to see him getting a start, and obviously Davis would just keep things taking over. And then try and maybe work on that partnership so that they two get more used to playing together and things. So just try to build up them combinations and things like that and not not be changing seven players from the Saturday to the Tuesdays. I just I think that we're at our base when we have a core and we've only changed a couple. So I think bearing in mind how threat well, I know we've got a great squad, but we're thread bare. In central midfield still where Kamara suspended and Jack not back and things. So I think Lundstrom's probably our best bet if Aribo's not 
fully up to speed and things like that. So I think he's probably our best shout for Tuesday night. So getting another 90 minutes for him would be grand. Talked a little bit before, Patrick, about Dundee United's defence. Um, it's it's aging to be kind, as you put it. It's it's not exactly on the right side of thirty, um, which can happen, and sometimes that works because you've got that full of level of, of experience at the back. I think, and we could all be wrong here, but I think Dundee United will sit in. I think they'll try and they'll try and probably break on us. That makes sense. With the champions, we haven't lost in the league since well, I couldn't really tell you the last time to be honest which is nice to say um, since before the pandemic we'll say that um, which was a long long time ago but there is players in that side Patrick that, that can damage any team in this league um, th- there's a reason that you know they came up originally and there's a reason that they stood up last season they, they had a good few results last season yes we beat them twice at home convincingly away relatively convincingly but it wasn't a whitewash it was only 2-1 which would be the players that you know, you would suspect that we should probably be at least a little bit wary of going into the game at the weekend. Well, I think the name, I mean, he's been extensively linked for a good few years now since he sort of lit up the championship as Lauren Shanklin to sort of sort of failed to replicate the form last season, but he did show in sparks in which he's an actual finisher, much like Nicky Clark, who we know well on his day can do well, especially when he was at Queen's Park. But um, beyond them, the two sort of usual suspects, I quite like uh, Robson, their left wing back, who has been linked to a move to Lincoln City. He's quite young. He's quite raw. There's obviously been the lazy comparisons to Andrew Robertson, just because they're both quite young and play the same position and play for Dundee United. But he's far from the player even Robertson was when he was in Scotland. And that's perhaps the sort of comparison that shouldn't be made. But beyond him, I think there's uh, two youngsters who there's a lot of sort of um, chat about called uh, one Chris Mockery and one's called Logan Chalmers, who are just dynamic, wide men, quick, dribble well, almost in a similar ilk to Kai Kennedy, perhaps not with the same on-ball sort of maturity and trickiness, but they do provide an interesting spark of pace, but they'll be coming up against perhaps one of the best doctor places in the sort of Rangers system is, which is fullback cover. If you don't face Barisic or Tav, you'll face one of the wide centre mids who will cover them. So I think the sort of Dundee United's perhaps best areas Rangers do kind of counteract them quite well. They'll be good from set pieces. I mean, Ian Harks and notoriously Charlie Mulgrew both have good deliveries, so we might have to be wary of that. And I mean, we didn't see much of him doing very well against us, but Seagrist notoriously was uh, quite stubborn to letting Celtic score and in general was a good keeper last season. So they pose a sort of similar sort of challenge to last season. So I don't see any reason in which we shouldn't have a cut and dry two or three nil. You'd hope get a clean sheet, get a few goals, do some early subs, maybe play around with the idea of Stephen Kelly getting some minutes. If Lundstrom doesn't start, get him off the bench, just let people get familiar with each other. But obviously it's a lot easier to say that say that than do it. But I have all confidence that um, Jared will tr- try and sort of use the Malmo sort of maybe perhaps disappointment as a catalyst to sort of move forward and put that in the back of their head and get a full head of steam going into the first full house Ibrox in over a year and a half. I think sometimes as well with like the Dundee United kind of teams, teams that are, should we say, six downwards maybe or seven downwards, sometimes it depends how early you score, doesn't it? Because as soon as you you get that goal, the game changes entirely. I think ideally in games like this, you want a really early goal. But it's an, it's quite an interesting side. I mean, looking at the signings that they've brought in, they haven't brought in a great deal. Obviously, we've touched on Mulgrew has came in. Um, outside of that, they brought in Trevor Carson from Motherwell. Um 
the rest of the side is pretty much young boys coming through, but that's because of the choice of coach who I'm sure everyone's aware of this. I'm sure I'm not educating anyone here, but obviously they brought in there. I think it was their head of youth development that they brought in Tam Court. We touched on it a little bit before already he's under pressure because he's not the choice that most of the fan base wanted, which immediately put you on the back foot. He brought in, like you mentioned, well, Jamie, Rob, uh, Jamie Robson plays at left back, obviously is someone who's been linked to, I think, Sunderland and Lincoln, as you mentioned before, um, which would be yeah, probably a good move for him. I know a lot of young Scottish boys do make those moves to the kind of sleeping giants of, of English football sometimes and, and try and move up the leagues. Um, they've got some decent young players, but they haven't got a great deal of experience outside of what they've got at the back. And they haven't really brought in a big amount of players to go along with it. Um, Shanklin potentially has his head turned. You don't know because there's been a few links to him being moved away again, which happens every summer. He's probably used to it now, to be fair. Um, but I think an early goal is going to be the big game changer, Shug, isn't it? If, if we score early enough, this should be relatively comfortable. But if we don't, it could be relatively uncomfortable, couldn't it? Yeah, I think so. I I think getting that goal is always good. It makes us relax, but hopefully not as much as we did against Livingston. We seem to get one goal and then not bother playing for an hour. But hopefully, I mean, there are some teams that you go one nil up against and they still sit 10 behind the ball and they'll wait and wait and wait. But hopefully getting an early goal, we can stop planning ahead and stop looking towards, let's say, get players' fitness and things like that and hopefully get a couple of more goals and sort of knock their confidence because they're under a bit of pressure because I know that the news reports and stuff that came out of the Aberdeen game were not very complimentary of them. So the players themselves will be feeling it and thinking they've got to do something to try and support the manager. It was a strange appointment. It kind of rings bells at Ian Carthrow. So... Sort of left field sort of thing, and no, not that I say I hate Dundee United, but I'm kind of hoping it goes the same way as Ian Carthrow and they end up in a bit of trouble. So, but I'll I'll leave my thoughts on Dundee United for now. <laughs> Talking about obviously that the appointment themselves, you mentioned it was a surprising appointment. I think it was for anyone who, who follows Scottish football, especially for. Dundee United fans, and as you said before, it wasn't complimentary that the performance against Aberdeen. Obviously, I didn't watch the full 90, but I think we all watched the highlights of, of each game, and it, it didn't look the best. Um, I think it'll probably be the, the first time they've had fans back in, so you've got the element of that. We've touched that with Rangers, but could that adversely go against them? If, if Rangers do score early, does that then become, oh God, we're starting the season with two, with two defeats, a poor one against Aberdeen where we never really showed up and we've already conceded early against Rangers. Could we maybe use the fact that Dundee United fans are going to be in the stadium as, as a benefit to Rangers, like get the early goal and, and maybe get them on the back? Because as much as we all try and get behind teams, we always try to back our players that are on the pitch. Most teams around the world, when you concede an early goal, you do kind of go, oh, Naturally, you do have a groan. Could we use that in our favour, Shug? Well, definitely. It's their fans, the ones that get in, they'll be, because I don't think they're allowed a full house yet, but the ones that do get in, they'll have been waiting the 18 months to really get in. And um, I think they've got a, a special love for Angels as well. So I think the last thing they want to see is us going up to Tanadise and uh, putting a goal or two past them early on. and. Uh, they might be exiting quite quick or they might be getting on their own players' backs and things like that. So I think it's definitely an opportunity for us and hopefully all the, all the emotions will be 
the happiness will be happier than ever because that's hopefully a person Tuesday night when we're back at Ibrox will be even more excited than we normally are and hopefully we're done the United and that if things go against them then that'll just they'll be even more unhappy and not just the emotions will be all over the place so I think getting a goal early would be key to the game and we can then work off their angst and see how they go on and put them under pressure. Here's a bit of a quiz question for you here, Patrick, and you, I'm not going to blame you if you get it wrong, but you strike me as someone who might get it right. Prior to last season, when was our last visit at Tannadice and what was the score? I think it was the, I cannot tell you the year, but I think it was the 3-1 loss in the semi-final of the Scottish Cup. 2014? I believe it was, you might have me right here, but I believe it was 2013, which was unfortunately a 3-0 defeat potentially with John yes, Daly's it might have been. I, I just, I have a memory, I think of us, one of the first tests after we dropped down. You might be uh, right. I'm league. definitely not saying I'm right, by the way. I don't trust but you might, you might. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I don't know what year that was, but I do remember while we were in the, down in the Dulrums, we played them and we got absolutely humped. It was a Gary Mackay, Stephen, Nadir Chifchi, Johnny Russell kind of era of Dundee United. Which might, which seems to be around 2013 as well. So we might be months away from each other. Yeah, because I think then obviously, um, I'm pretty certain I remember John Daly's going. I'm going to have to double check that. I should have checked my, I should have Googled it beforehand, but there you go. That's, I was going to say it's not my job as a host, but it absolutely is. Um, Chug, we haven't played them too often, um, as touched on compared to other teams potentially, but, but what have been your memories of facing Dundee United? There has been some really great games over the years. Yeah, the biggest one so was Loudrup's header for the nine. That's the one that always comes to my head straight away when I think of Tanadise. That's that, and then followed by the, the deciding to charge our fans to go and watch a game that was abandoned. Yeah. Was it Stephen Thompson? It was at the time. I can't remember which Thompson it was. Like Eddie Thompson that decided to, yeah. yeah. And I think they were definitely one of the clubs that Super Ali was referring to, having a kick whilst we were down and mm-hmm. we'd be back. So we're back now. So I think it's only fair that we take that kick back and go out and provide some entertainment for the Rangers fans and continue to provide them with the misery for the rest of their days. So now that we are back on top, but yeah, no, it's paradise is. It's one of them grounds that you still think of them as one of the bigger clubs. You think about yeah. alongside the likes of Tyne Castle and Easter Road and things like that. The Parkhead and stuff like that. And sort of clubs just below us, even though Dundee United have been so far underperforming over the last... Whilst we were in the lower leagues, they, are, they seem to be in the lower leagues as much as we were. So seeing them back and it'll hopefully it'll that atmosphere, hopefully next time we go to Tanadise, it'll be full house again and Rangers fans will be in and it'll hopefully create a good atmosphere and things because got to love a bit of rivalry. And oh, yeah. It makes it far more exciting. And of course it it's does. Not just another, it's not just another league game. It's not a visit to the Tony Macaroni. It's, it's, it's more, it's got that wee bit more edge. So The spaghetti had, as I like to refer to it as. <laughs> And I think yeah. Livingston fans like too as well, to be fair. I've pinched that from someone. Um, we've touched on it a little bit, team selection, Patrick, but like, let's pretend you're Steven Gerrard, right? Who's your starting 11 for the game at the weekend, first and foremost? 
Um, I'm not. I think the goalie thing is up completely up to preference. I think you probably just want McGregor to let him. Maybe you think of the age, but I don't think he would be busy. He wouldn't. Whoever's in goals, I think what is not expecting a busy day. You might be able to put me in goals, but that might be a bit too disrespectful. But <laughs> I'm no Dundee United apologist. But I think. To have it right back. Um, you could maybe even throw in Patson, um, get him some early minutes. But then I'd say Balogun and Goldson, just because Shanklin is quite mobile and he's quite good in the air. And Balogun, although Holander is tall as well, Balogun is quite domineering in the air. And then I would play Barisic personally. I think he needs to be playing on Tuesday and he should get some minutes in the legs. Um, I would probably go with Davis, just he's never present in the side and he'll provide the metronomic qualities that he always does. And then I would play Lundstrom. Just I'm very much an idea like I want him to sort of prove other people wrong per se. I know you said everyone loves an opinion and um, no opinion is at this point, quite literally two games in is more right than in others. I wrote a piece on him for this is Ibrox. I'm not his biggest fan, but the any player with Premier League experience coming to the SPL should be accepted because he might have been poorly when he was playing Kevin De Bruyne, but he will be facing Ian Harks this weekend. But I would play him. So Davis at the bottom of the diamond, then Lunchroom, and then I would pick either of Aribo or Haji who are available because you almost want the dynamic of four forwards. I know both of them are adept at playing centre mid, Aribo more so than Haji, at least during his tenure at Ibrox, but we sort of need four sort of attacking-minded players just because the flow of the game will be very much done the United sitting back, I expect. I mean, I'm not Tam Court's expert, but they didn't appear to sort of bring it to Aberdeen. And if you're playing Rangers, it'll be even more so with one-way traffic. And then I would play Kent up top, probably a 10, just because the nature that they will sit back and Sakala does thrive best off sort of balls headed off and with lots of space to run into. And then Scott Wright, because I think Scott Wright and Kent will both provide the sort of aggressive running that you kind of need to make inroads, especially when you play a three at the back. There's often with the two wing backs more advanced, there is space between the two outside center backs and the wing backs. So if anyone is going to be able to find those space and navigate into the penalty box, it'll be them too. And I do fancy a 10. I much like Shug, I'm a big a 10 fan. And I do really want to see him do well, much like Sakala, um, obviously would like to see both of them get their for, uh, first league goal of the season. But I think a 10, is often sort of thrown out because he does a lot of the dirty work really well. He, he almost think that maybe if Itan and Sakala, if we were to go to a system change, could thrive off each other. Itan winning the ball and sort of playing on to Sakala. But I think the team almost picks itself just with the nature of what we have on Tuesday. So I'd be surprised to see Rufin Kamara play an extended sort of role in the game just because they will not be able to play on Tuesday. But I think we'll see very much of a similar team against Malmo with maybe a few alterations. A, you see, I'm a Jermaine Defoe fanboy here, and I know he's about 49 years old these days, but he still looks like he's 25. Um, total left field choice, because I think obviously he's moved into the coaching role and stuff like that, but he's still very good at getting beyond the last man. Am I being a little bit too much of a Jermaine Defoe fanboy? You at least want to see him on the bench at the minute, Patrick? Yeah, I mean, I think everyone loves Jermaine Defoe. If it wasn't during his time at Spurs or Toronto, it would have been with Sunderland. He was great on the field. He was also um, the image of the perfect man off the field with all the sort of charity stuff and the stuff with Brandon Lowry. So he was the perfect man and probably the role model for any young striker coming up. He definitely has much left in the tank. He showed that he still can throw some good finishes. But yeah, he does have a knack of playing on the shoulder of the striker and getting in, sort of navigating spaces in which really no one else can. 
he sort of has the touch and finesse of an old poacher who his best days are behind him, but at, at a time he was great. So even this sort of 60% of the foe we have now is still far and above what most defenses are able to capable capable with um, handling. So I think if he doesn't start on from the onset, I think he could maybe be thrown on if we need a goal or even if we're up and let him get some minutes in the legs. But we'll be able to tell as soon as he steps onto the pitch if he's in a coach's tracks or if he's in the player's tracks. But I think he looks better in the coach's tracks, personally. I'm, I'm happy with him either way. As long as Jermaine Defoe's happy, I'm a happy man, put it that way. Um, Shug, I'll, I'll come to you in terms of the team that you would play on the weekend. Um, I find it hard to disagree with kind of what Patrick said, maybe with the exception of I'd maybe play um, Kamara, potentially, and maybe drop Davis but I understand the continuity side of things and wanting to keep the same side you play maybe at the weekend as you would on Tuesday because it's it's early doors and you want to get partnerships and people fresh and playing in positions um, but I'd be tempted to maybe drop Davis which I feel bad saying because like he's one of my favorite players and I think he's so important but maybe that's with Tuesday on the brain but um, but chug enough of what I think um, I asked what you thought and then taught you what I thought um, so I thought back to you Chuck, what would be a what would be your starting 11 and what are your if things aren't going right, who who do you think about bringing on? So I think big um, player similar with Patrick saying I can see Kamara starting, but but not instead of Davis. I think it it'll probably be instead of Hadji or uh, Ariel because I just I've got a feeling they won't be fit enough to last the ninety. I think that if anything they maybe come on and they are game changers and things like that. I would prefer to have a more attacking option, but. I'm hoping that Lundstrom can maybe break forward and stuff like that and mm-hmm. see that sort of thing happening. So I've got a feeling Kamara and Davis maybe set and then allow Lundstrom to get forward a bit. Yeah. But if if it, if Aribo was only out because he was it was an illness or something and he's not injured, then I would love to see Aribo coming in and playing there. Yeah. I think the other thing with Kamara is thinking ahead that if we don't play him in these league games, it's when is he going to get time? When is he going to get that run out? Because he's going to be key when he comes back and hopefully we'll be needing him for the second leg of the Champions League playoff match. So uh, I think McGregor will start in goal. I think he kind of hinted that he'd had the conversation and wasn't too happy about not starting last week during his pre-match press conference. Who are John McLaughlin just having to accept it? <laughs> Yeah, I think I just I just think Al McGregor should just do every press conference always because yeah, he's great. There's no more honest person ever. You can never look at Alan McGregor and wonder what he's thinking because you just know <laughs> he does not try and hide anything. Yeah, when he teared whole... up at the Player of the Year, like when he teared up, you just you could see in his eyes. And I know you can sometimes tell, but the, the lights were quite dim. But you knew from what he was saying and how honest it was that he'd had a quite a few as well. Because you were like, that's yeah. extra honest Alan McGregor that he's actually crying. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. Alan McGregor's, yeah. If we're talking fanboys, of course, I think everyone's an Alan McGregor fanboy, aren't they? So we're not going to disagree with your choice in goal. Yeah, no. Because that was up pretty much, it was the Malmo reporter that asked him about the game 10 years ago. And he's like, mate, I can't even mind 10 days ago, never mind 10 years. <laughs> it's just such a McGregor answer. Just like, and how's favourites for a game? I don't know. I've not checked the bookie site. So, <laughs> As you would. So, yeah, get him in goals and 
let him do all the press conferences and things like that. So yeah, it's just so good. But yeah, and I think I think he'll want to run out and stuff and yeah. get him in the best shape for Tuesday night and he'll definitely be craving because I think that's one of the reasons he played on is to play in front of Full House again. So I think he'll definitely be wanting to run out and warm himself up so he's ready for the Tuesday night. Yeah, 100%. I think it's a, there's a lot of clubs in Scotland that would like to have two good goalkeepers and a few of them we could mention, but we won't. Um, but it's nice to have that option. But McGregor is the best goalkeeper in Scotland at the moment. It is simply put. So it's like you've got someone who understands the club, someone who is the best goalkeeper. I mean, best player officially last year, wasn't he? So it's hard not to kind of go with him, especially with a game, like you say, coming up on Tuesday, he'll want to get in there, he'll want to get in and amongst the fans um, and get himself sort of warmed up, I think, ready for the game on Tuesday. But as we're coming to the end, we'll, we'll go for predictions. Now, I'll openly admit to the people who've never listened to me before, my predictions are horrendous. I get about three a season correct, and it's the main reason that I don't bet. So do not put a bet on whatever I say. Um, but I'll go first. I'll say I fancy a... 2-0. I'm going to say Ryan Kent gets the first. I'm going to say Tav gets the second. And I think it'll be first, one in the first half, one in the second. But again, because I've said it, that probably won't happen. But Patrick, I'll come to you first. What was your score predictions for the game at the weekend? Other than the United game, I'll go with a 4-1. We get start well 2-0. And then I think just as it is would happen if anyone would score. I think Nicky Clark will get one. And then similar ilk to the Livingston game, ride out as sort of a tough 50 to 70 minutes and get two at the end. And I will go with one for a 10, one for Tav, uh, one for Aribo and one for Kent. Spreading the goals around. That'd be a nice, that would be a nice result. That would be a nice day, that wouldn't it be? I hope it's sunny if that happens, mm-hmm. just to top it yes. off. Um, Shug, I'll, I'll let you go with the, the final scoreline, then we'll have a we'll do a quick Malmore one as well, just attempt a bit of theatre. Uh, well done, Graham. But Shug, what's your you've done the United score for the game on the weekend? I was gonna go to an L, but since you've just explained your record, <laughs> I've, I've changed it to three nil. Uh, I think the defence will have had the kick in the backside, so I think they'll be out trying extra hard to keep that clean sheet, uh, keep the clean sheet record in the league. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Cedric getting to score two. I'm gonna go with him to score two and go off the mark and Sakala come off the bench and score the third. Sounds good. I won't ask for a prediction with Malmo because I've realised that would tempt fate. So quick, straightforward question, quick, straightforward answer before we go. Patrick, Malmo Tuesday, do we get through? Do we win? Uh yes to both. Good. I say the same. Shug, surely you're going to make it a hat trick, but I'll ask anyway. Do we do it on Tuesday? We absolutely do. Perfect. Great way to end the brand new uh, preview podcast. And this is Ibrox. Of course, if it's the first time you've listened to us, please go on and subscribe, listen to the interviews and the other things that there as well. If it's a long-term listener that's listening to us, I really hope you've enjoyed the new version of the show. Uh, my subtle tones, of course, Shug's subtle tones and Patrick's as well. Um, keep an eye out on everything that's coming up with this is Ibrox. You'll have noticed that we have a brand new website and that's with the intention of making sure we bring you the best Rangers coverage for free um, for the rest of the season and hopefully beyond. But we've been this is Ibrox. I've been Graham. Patrick's been Patrick. Sugar's been Shug. Thank you very much for your time. Hey.